Welcome to the Company of One podcast. This is Dale Callahan. I'm your host. This is episode number 160. So today we're talking about three steps to become a better reader. How do we develop new habits of readership, us being a reader? So we've heard that old adage. Maybe you haven't, but there's this adage that goes around, especially in leadership circles, and uh, it's that leaders are readers, uh, meaning that those of us who are leading things, we tend to do a lot of reading. Uh, that's not 100% accurate. I know people who do a lot of reading that are not leaders. Um, some of them I don't want to be leaders. And then I know some people who don't read at all, uh, but they're, they have fantastic leadership skills. So it's not a 100% accurate, like all these little things we say. Uh, but generally speaking, when I run into leaders at every level, no matter what industry they are in, I find they tend to be a reader. They do a lot of reading. Uh, so you see things like Warren Buffett and Bill Gates and these uh, kinds of people that do significant amounts of reading. Now, you may do a lot of reading on your job. Uh, you may not. But even if you have to do reading on your job, how effectively are you reading? How much time are you wasting reading non-relevant stuff? You know, those policy manuals and things. So I just want to talk through today some of the things that we teach uh, the leaders that we're developing in our graduate program, some of the things that we teach them about reading, uh, because many of them, just becoming, because they're coming through a graduate program and there's so much they have to read, uh, that some of them that's new. As a matter of fact, for most of them that's new. So... Um, I, just, just a couple of observations, though, before we get started. I've found those who don't do a lot of reading, in general, aren't really growing. They're stagnant. Uh, when I talk to them, they, uh, they kind of, nothing has really changed for them in years. I'm not saying reading is what makes the change, but there's something about the inspiration of getting out of our own head and learning what's going on whether it's through reading or whether it's through attending workshops or it's connecting with people and growing our network. But I find they're all the same. Usually people who do one of, of who do a lot of reading, uh, they tend to be connecting with other people. They tend to do all these kind of things. So it's not that reading is magic. I get that. But in general, when I find people who seem stagnant, who seem frustrated, they they're just not doing a lot of reading. They're not doing a lot of connecting. We're just going to talk about um, reading today. But another observation I have is I can usually tell who's not a reader. If there's something about them early in a conversation, you can tell that they don't consume a lot of material except what's in their own head, maybe what's on Facebook, you know, all the great wisdom that's there, uh, which is since we're, we, uh, podcast through Facebook. That's kind of an awkward thing to say, but that's what's, that's just the truth. We get a lot of things. There's great stuff there, uh, but how is it vetted, right? So, so whether you're a reader or you're wanting to be a reader or you're wanting to think about how to develop a better reading habit, just want to kind of give you some things to think about that we spend a lot of time talking about with our leaders going through graduate programs. And these are executives, anywhere from software developers, to executives 
all over the country. Some are military, some are not. Uh, but you know, just in all kinds of disciplines, and we find that most of them want to grow, and it comes to their um, it comes to their mind, it comes to, to their attention at some point in time that growth means getting out of your own head and unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you want to look at that, getting out of your own head has a lot to do with finding wisdom that other people have uh, delivered to us. And it's not just wisdom because, yeah, I got 50 books over here that say the same thing, but two or three people saying the same thing in different ways, you know, that hits me in a different way. Uh, So the first thing that comes to my mind when it comes to reading, because this is what I hear, and this is probably what you are thinking. I don't have the time, or I'm just bombarded with reading at work and all these things that come at me, uh, you know, 500 emails. I hear that all the time, you know. Uh, I get it too. Delete works really well for an email, by the way. You don't even have to read them. Matter of fact, most of them will never be noticed if you didn't, but maybe don't tell your boss that. But How do you consume content faster, whether it's email, whether it's a policy manual or something that just put me to sleep, or it's, uh, you know, it's books, you know, or or it's a, uh, or even if it is Facebook or something like that. Matter of fact, think about this on Facebook. This is, think about consuming things faster. How many times have you shared something with somebody else? You share it, you send it out, you like it, and somebody calls you up and says, did you really like that? did you really read that? And you're like, uh, no, I just read the title. The picture was cute, right? I liked the picture. I liked the meme, but no, I didn't really read the article because all you captured was the title. So you're actually doing some of that now on Facebook and other social media. You're skimming things and you're making judgments based upon titles or the first few words or how funny the picture was. Uh, but, but whether you're consuming content or not, we can debate that. Uh, a lot of times I've been guilty for sharing things that I probably wish I wouldn't have shared. So when I, when I started struggling with uh, reading, because I'm, I'm a very impatient person. ADD is my middle name and probably is true of many of you. That's just the society we live in. And I'm sitting here, you know, with a stack of books, you know, that's in, uh, over here. And then the more coming to me every day from Amazon and all these kind of places. And people just send me books. And, and I want to consume them all. There's a part of me that feels guilty when I look over there and see the amount of books that I have not read. A lot of people say that's not really the right way to think about that. But uh, how do you how do you consume it? How do you do more? So I, I'll, I'll put a link in the in the show notes. So the podcast is going to be at delkellahan.com slash one sixty. Uh, I'll put this on, uh, but it's it's on delkellahan.com. It's how to read more in less time. So I did this study uh, because I've done these speed reading courses. I'm not suggesting you do them because that in itself is a heavy lift. Uh, and Gee, you don't want something else to do, do you? But I've done these speed reading courses because I would like to consume content faster. I want to get more out of it. And uh, so I've done multiple of them. I'm friends with some of the guys that, that put those on around the around the world, around the country. And um, and a lot of people say this, it's baloney. Speed reading is baloney. Other people say it really works. You know, and I'm going to just tell you this. From my experience, there's something to it. Can I read 5,000 words a second or whatever some of these people claim. I don't know what they claim, but I've seen uh, a thousand words a minute. 
Uh, no, probably not. But can I consume material very quickly, uh, faster than the average Joe? Yeah, I don't know average Joe, but let's say probably yes. Uh, because a lot of it's to do with how you consume material and what you do. So in the article, I'll talk about that, but just give you some thoughts is if you read one book, uh, uh, when I think in that article, I, I read a book in 30 minutes and it was an exper- it was a raw experiment. I go through the book in 30 minutes just to see, did I understand it? I shocked myself about how much I understood, not because I'm such a good reader or skimmer, just because here's the truth about books. Not every word counts, right? There's some books that you, these authors write and you just hang on every word and you just feel like you've got to read every word. And fortunately, some of the books, or unfortunately, some of the books that are coming out today, I feel that way. I'm like, I don't want to skim this. This is, there's, there's so much meat in what she, he or she is saying. But for most things, I have to stop and think, what's my goal? If I've got a book there on something about business or something about engineering or some of the things I'm dealing with, I need to get the information, number one. I can always reread it, and you and I probably have our favorite books that we go back and reread. So the first thing you think about is how do you consume content faster? If you're not a reader, this will wake up your world because you can take you know, you can take many of these books, you know, I'll pick on one over here that I'll, you know, lean startup that uh, when I can consume the content, what's the core message of this book? I can get that in minutes. I don't need to spend hours and hours on the book. Not to say that there's not good stuff in here in hours and hours. Uh, so what's the core message? And that's what I'm always looking for. What's the core message? What's the point? What's the breakdown? So consume more in less time. So second thing, though, is think about how do you find the right stuff to read? Now, this is this is kind of, I used to go to Amazon and find the best books and New York Times and find the best books. And you know what? I just don't buy it. Uh, a lot of times what I find in those things, well, they got some gems, no doubt, but a lot of times it seems like those lists are political propaganda with political ridges, whatever it is. They're, they're, uh, there's a game afoot. Anybody that's in the publishing business or anybody knows uh, that, or and if, even if you don't, you know there's a game afoot to get something ranked well in books and to get people to talk about your books there's marketing right not knocking it it's it's if you're writing books that's a great thing to do Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's the best stuff so while i look at that i i I don't give it as much weight as i used to amazon bestseller or amazon recommendation to me you know I, i check it out but i'm much more interested in checking out what people i trust read you know, if some friend of mine responds to me or somebody in a mastermind group or somebody I'm doing business with and says, hey, you got to check this out. Now I'm paying attention. Right. And that's how you probably are going to operate, too, is you find the right stuff to read oftentimes through your peers, through leaders in your field. What are those other people reading? I, I have been guilty you know, taking, I'm sitting in your office, we're having a chat, you run off to make a copy, behind you is this bookshelf, and I've been guilty of taking out, this might sound creepy, but take, taking out my iPhone and taking a picture 
of your bookshelf. I'm not spying. I'm just really interested in what kind of things is he and she reading. Now, I might ask sometimes, but sometimes there's just not a lot of time. Uh, so if, you know, I've been in your office, you might want to hide stuff next time. So if I'm coming to see you. But, I mean, I'm constantly looking. If I see a book sitting there, you know, sitting there on the table and, and we're having a conversation, I'm going to take note of the name. I'm probably going to ask you about what you're reading because I'm interested. You know, are you reading that because that's good stuff? Is it, uh, is it something somebody else told you to read? You know, what, what's up? Why are you reading that thing? So some of, the, some of the best stuff I've read isn't an Amazon bestseller. It never will make the New York Times. Sometimes it may not even be that great of a seller, but it's rocked my world. Right, so there's some things that are like that, especially when you're talking about niche areas, um, because the things that hit the Amazons and those, they typically are, are more broad-based books. At least that's been my experience. So I look for that. So a uh, bulk of my reading comes to me what is popular or recommended, uh, but it's not necessarily because I always want to read it. So think about this too. What is your reason for reading? So for instance, um, I'm you know in the book The Lean Startup, uh, so I deal with a lot of entrepreneurial companies, and uh, and but I've been in, in in the Lean Startup. He talks about the principle of the MVP. Now that stands for minimally viable product. But if you didn't know that, and people are are out there talking about MVP, and that's your business to know that kind of stuff, you might be thinking about they're talking about the latest football or a baseball game, and the most valuable player, right? So part of it is I just don't want to be embarrassed. I want to know what the heck other people are talking about. I want to be part of the conversation, or at least understand, without having to ask 400 stupid questions because I have a limit of 399, right? Because I do ask a lot of stupid questions or trying to understand what people are talking about. But... There's just a lingo, right? There's a whole lingo that develops around content. There's a whole lingo that develops from books like the, the Lean Startup, if you're, if you're in the entrepreneurial space. You pick any space, you pick any industry, any hobby, there's some key authors uh, who kind of have deemed or, or, or commanded that subject and they've created new words, new lingo, new phrases uh, that go with that subject. You probably know some whether you've read about them or not. So, so again, I'm looking for these kind of things. I'm looking for them on social media. So here's what I do. Just here's some kind of practical stuff. When I see, when I hear a book mentioned, I write it down for later. Like I said, I might take a picture of it. Uh, when I see, see, see it in someone's office, take a picture of their bookshelf. You might want to get their permission. I never do, but you know, get, uh, I figure if it's on their bookshelf, it's cool. It's free game. If you don't want somebody to see it, you'll stick it in the drawer, right? Uh, often I will just ask people, what are you reading? Uh, and I've gotten asked that many times. It catches, catches me off guard a little bit. You know, what are you reading lately? Um, especially when I'm around entrepreneurs or leaders in a leadership conference or something. Uh, and when I get back into the office, I will look those kind of things up on Amazon or Goodreads and just see, is it, is it relevant to me? And get a little bit. So, you know, learn to consume content faster. Learn how to find the things that your industry uh, is, is consuming. The third thing for me is, I'll just give you some of my recommendations. How about if, and if you're not a reader, just think about, 
trying to read one book every two months. Now I've done this with our um, with several of clients of mine and the people who are working with. Try to read one book every two months. That's six books a year. That's doable for most people. So let me throw out a couple of things here. Uh, uh, why give you a little bit of background of why I read and the kind of people I'm usually working with is people who are trying to grow their income. Uh, they hope for more control over their work and their life. They want freedom, uh, whether it's you know, with a corporate job or entrepreneur. Um, they are growing wealth, being a good steward of their money, and they want to be inspired. Now, this is the number one thing to me. I just want to be inspired by what other people do. I want to realize there's greater possibilities than I ever imagined. So I'm going to start with, if you're going to read, start with the truth. Now, I've got a post on this, so some of you don't believe this. This is cool. I get it. That's the Bible. Now, I can consider that the truth. You may not. I don't care if you do or not. I As I've, I've done in a past post, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes too, um, how being a Christian has made me wealthy, and it has. I mean, I, when I when I became a Christian, I became a Christian later in life, and it was uh, I had a business background, entrepreneurial background, and when I started reading the Bible, it was like, oh my gosh, this is the best business book that ever been that's ever been written because you start realizing it connects serving other people and taking. Uh, other uh, taking care of other people. Now that's not the whole message of the Bible, so don't write me emails about that. But that's a core facet of business is just caring about what other people are because you serve other people, money comes your way. So the Bible is something to read. You're probably not going to read that in two months, but let's just say I think that's one of the list of things that I'm going to read every day. So here, here's my six books, and I'm going to categorize them in a couple of different ways. Uh, number one, mindset books. How do you develop a better mindset? This, this is what I spend more time with, trying to convince people, uh, trying to help people see possibility. It's so weird in the culture that we live in, uh, especially if you, you live in the United States, uh, that there's so many possibilities out there and they're all around you. They're just reach your hand out of the things that you can do. And we have blinders. We don't even have blinders on. We're just totally shut our eyes to the possibilities around us. And so just getting clarity and mindset. So a couple of the books that I love in this subject I'm trying to look for them on my desk here. So number one is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. When I first read this one, uh, it was like, okay, this guy gets it. Finally, somebody's saying what makes sense. Uh, and uh, he, you know, this is a book. You don't have to consume the whole book, but it's a pretty interesting story still. Uh, but Rich Dad, Poor Dad, to change your mindset about how you think about money and earning money. Because let's face it, the culture says... And you probably say, even if you don't say it, you probably say, you know, go to college, get a good job and succeed. You know, and part of you in the back of your mind is thinking, yeah, that's not quite how it works. College doesn't make you rich. You know, so this guy's not anti-college, but it's a, it's a great read to change your mindset. And another book, it's called Mindset. Uh, this is actually written by a psychologist. This is very interesting even from a parent perspective, realizing the kind of programming 
that we do to ourselves, that we do to our employees, that we do to our children by just the way we word things. It's very interesting, lots of data to back it up, and a good read, lots of fun stories in that. So I start with a mindset thing. So, th so those two, rich dad, poor dad, mindset. Then once you get that, what's about wealth? So I spend most of my time talking about growing income, growing wealth, or freedom. And the, you could say, well, they're all kind of go together, right? So, uh, so one of the books I love today, and this kind of falls in the mindset category too, but it's called Thou Shall Prosper. Uh, it's by a, a uh, Rabbi Lepin, and it's Jewish, and, but it's very, very interesting. It shook me up a little bit about realizing how I view money. I'm not against wealth. I love wealth. Um, but at the same time, you realize, wow, I've got a lot of baggage that I'm carrying around about the culture and what I've been programmed to think about rich. One of the things that got to me most is he talks about the fact of when you watch a movie and you see it and there's the, the poor kid, the poor guy, and there's the rich corporate guy, you immediately, because usually the movie taints it this way, but you go along with it, the rich person is always the evil person. And, and just this programming that's come to you, and he challenges how you think about that. But it's just some very basic principles, <laughs> biblical again, about uh, how the Jewish people have prospered in some com common sense. Related to this is just how do you do with money? Uh, some of this is, uh, is um, if you got money, can you use it wisely? So I will teach you to be rich. Now, I'm a huge fan of Dave Ramsey, always been a huge fan of Dave Ramsey. I don't have his book here, also great books. But I kind of like uh, Ramit's book. He's a huge fan of Dave Ramsey, too. He looks at things a little bit differently, but he lays things out. One of the things I like about this book is just his automation and how do you automate things? How do you, uh, how do you make your money work for you a little bit more? It's not just getting out of debt, which is what Dave Ramsey's most, most of his focus is. This is... How do you make your money work? How do you make it grow? How do you how do you uh, how do you be rich? You know, some basic principles. So those two about wealth and income growth, and then about productivity. That's the other area I spend so much time. That'd be probably the number one thing that I get phone calls on is is I don't have enough time. I'm so busy. How can we get more time? So uh, there's there's so many in this space, but two of the two of the ones that have kind of been narrowed it down for simplicity is deep work. This is written by a academic, uh, which is usually not a good sign for a book, uh, but uh, deep work uh, by Cal Newport uh, just really challenges what you're doing. Now he's talking from an academic level on a lot of it, but it just kind of challenges you to figure out what uh, is, is really the thing that you're trying to work on, especially at work. Another one is essentialism. I won't mention that here directly, but essentialism, there's, like I said, there's so many. You, know, you can just stand here all day and talk about books. But the, um, the, the other one is atomic habits. And you just think about the habits that we develop. And how do you develop habits? Right? We're so busy trying to break bad habits. How do you develop good habits? And he does, uh, he does some really cool stuff here. Now, I could make this list 457 pages uh, long. I have a link. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, the reading list for the Entrepreneur of Tomorrow, which some of these books are on there and some more that talk about how do you do this. 
So again, spinning, this is six books. All of these are readable. All of these are uh, fairly enjoyable to read and uh, consume. Uh, but if you want 20, just email me. I'll be glad to shoot you a, a unlimited list. I'll put a link in this to my, my Goodreads account where you can kind of see what I've been reading, what I am reading, uh, and to, I think there's an Amazon list that we have for our graduate program that we use, so Amazon link. It's a Amazon wish list. I don't know how it works, right? It's, an Am it's something on Amazon. So anyway, this is some reading. This is some material. So we'll end this podcast with that for you, things for you to think about, things for you to read. I'd uh, love to hear from you. Shoot me an email at dale at dalecallahan.com. And again, if you want more, be glad to shoot more to you. Talk to you next week.